Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of 1 Samuel, chapter 18. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. Here in chapter 18, there are actually five spears thrown at David. Five spears thrown at David, and David avoids them all. What do I mean? Well, listen, the first one is right here. We have the spear of popularity. David is popular, and that's a spear. Are you getting me? Number two, the spear of envy. Number three, the spear of anger. Number four, the spear of fear. And finally, number five, the spear of front lines. And we're going to point those out as we go along, but I just want you to see them here. The spear of popularity, the spear of envy, the spear of anger, the spear of fear, and the spear of front lines. I'll explain in just a minute. I want you to keep in mind, though, at this point, that David is kind of like a rock star, about 18 years old. I mean, think about it. 18 years old, and he's got the whole world in his hands right now. The Bible tells us he behaved himself wisely in all of his ways. Today, you have an 18-year-old with this kind of authority, power, and money, and you were reading about him in the tabloids. Am I right about it? I think of Miley Cyrus. Everybody got something to say about Miley? I'm going to say something about Miley. I think of Miley Cyrus. And my question to Miley Cyrus is, Where are your parents? Where are your parents? Oh, is she just expressing herself? No, you're not. There is a definite difference between expressing yourself and being lewd and disrespecting yourself. Oh, y'all need to say a better amen than that. There is a difference. Where are her parents? So David, listen, is avoiding the spear of popularity. Proverbs 27, 21. I got to move forward or we'll never get done tonight. Proverbs 27, 21. The crucible is for silver and the furnace is for gold. And each is tested by the praise accorded to him, the NASB version. Somebody once said, keep that verse up there. Somebody once said, please, thank you. Somebody once said, how we respond to the praise to praise reveals what we're made of, whether we are ready to take on new responsibilities. And I think that's true. If praise humbles you, then God can use you. If praise puffs you up, then God can't use you. First Peter chapter 5, verse 6, memory verse. Humble yourself under the mighty hand of God, and he will exalt you in due time. Popularity leads to pride, leads to puffed up, and that's a spear. 
David was accepted in the sight of the people because he didn't get the big head after the great victory with Goliath. Look at verse 6. David is returning from the battle with the Philistines, and all of a sudden, all these Pentecostal ladies came singing and dancing. That's what I call them. Well, they, I mean, and they came singing and dancing, and the reason, listen, they're singing and dancing and rejoicing is because, listen, watch this, because their sons and their husbands didn't come back it meant, if their sons and husbands didn't come back, it meant that they were dead. But if their sons and husbands came back, it meant that there was a great victory. So they see David and Saul, and they're understanding this to be a great victory. Saul has slain his thousands. And Saul, he's prideful, arrogant. Saul, Saul's slain, they're playing a tambourine and rejoicing and singing. Saul's saying, Saul's probably thinking, yes, yes, I've slain my thousands. Yes. Sing, girl, sing. <laughs> and, then, and, then, and then they say, and David has slain his 10,000. Saul says, oh, wait, stop the music. <laughs> and then what? Because Saul was angry. Because they ascribed to David ten thousands, but only gave him thousands. Wah. And this verse, listen, is going to launch David into a period of mistreatment and discouragement and pain for a really long time. All because Saul felt slighted and angry. He only killed 1,000. David killed 10,000. Verse 8 says Saul was angry. Some of your Bible says, or the, the King Jimmy says, wroth. Am I right about it? It says wroth. The word Wrath carries the idea of a slow burn or envy. Here we have the spear of, the spear of envy. Listen, don't be deceived. Envy is dangerous. Envy, listen, I'm trying to help. Envy is insidious. Envy is like cancer. And it eats at your inner life slow, and it will lead you to do horrible things. Proverbs 14.30, a sound heart is life to the body, but envy is rottenness to the bones. Are you listening? Now, what is envy? Envy is something you feel when someone achieves or receives what you think belongs to you. Envious people max out their credit cards trying to impress people they don't like. I know I'm not talking to nobody here. Unfortunately, in the ministry, I've seen this more times than I care to tell you. People are envious in the church of each other. People are envious of this. And that's so true and so unfortunate. People are envious of the pulpit. I've been doing this for, for a minute now. And I will tell you, people are envious of what I'm doing right now and where I'm standing. And I don't know why. Because honestly, I'm not impressed. I am not impressed. Because I know that what I'm doing right now is not the ministry. This is not the ministry. The, mini the ministry happens when I come down. 
this is the gravy. This is, this man, I could do this all day long. Hey, praise the Lord, this is wonderful. I don't know if I could do it all day, but I mean, it's, you know, but I like it a lot. That's what I'm trying to tell you. I'm getting a little carried away, but that's what I'm just trying to tell you. I like it a lot, but, you know, ministry is when, when I come down. Then you start doing the work of the ministry, and people get envious. And I've seen it time and 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 time again. And people come to me, Pastor Ron, do you think God's calling me to the ministry? And honestly, and some of you know, I've been honest with these people to tell them that I don't see the call of God on your life as it relates to the pastorate. And this type of ministry. And it is really interesting how when I say that, then they just go and start a church anyway. Okay? I'm like, oh, why'd you ask me if you're going to go do it? Then just go do it. Don't make an appointment with my secretary and take out my time for you to go do what you want to do. If you want to do what you want to do, then go do what you want to do. And don't take out my time. I'm not your judge nor your jury. I'm not your God. And if you don't want my opinion, don't ask me. Y'all know I'll keep it 100. Y'all still love me? All right. And they just go start in this church anyway, and I'm like, I don't see it. And then a couple of so many years later, the church closes, and people are hurt. People are devastated. There's carnage and blood everywhere, spiritually speaking, because they won't listen to God. And it is an interesting thing how I can stand here all year long and preach, and y'all, amen, amen, oh, yes, 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 preach, 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 pastor, preach. But then when I tell you something that you don't want to hear, it's like, oh, I ain't trying to hear that. <laughs> I do not understand that to save my natural life. Am I right about it? Oh, you don't want to hear it when you don't want to hear it. But when I'm preaching all year, I'm your pastor. And you're under my leadership. <laughs> really? The ministry starts when you go down these steps. And the ministry is nothing to play with. The ministry is not a vocation. The ministry is not something you decide you want to do. The ministry is not something you decide you want to do because the circumstances seem right. The ministry is not something you decide to do because the stars align for you. God has either called you or he has not. And this is point blank simple. Point blank simple. And listen, I don't know who God called. That's not for me to know. I don't know why he called me. I don't. I still don't. It's been 18 years. I don't know why. I am no different than you. Absolutely not. Matter of fact, probably worse than most of y'all. I'm not kidding you. Because Rodney knows Rodney. But God calls who he wants and chooses to call. Because we call that God's sovereignty. And we just say, God, your will be done. Whatever you want. You want to use me? That's fine. That, that, I am there. I'm like, God, whatever you want to do. If you want to use me? That's fine. And if not, fine. I don't have to be the pastor. I really don't. I'm good. 
I told you guys, I've always, in my whole life, I always wanted to sell shoes. I did, I don't know why I want to sell shoes, I still do. I can't get it out of me. Nice ones now, I ain't talking about no Tom McCann's, all right? I ain't talking about no Tom McCann, I ain't talking about no cheap shoes now. I'm talking about some nice ones, some real nice ones. But envious people hurt people. People who are envious of the pulpit wind up hurting people. Envy is a killer and a controller of your life. And when you're envious of others, you become very sensitive to what people are saying about you. And here's the progression. First there's envy, then there's suspicion, then there's fear, then there's anger, then there's hatred, and then all of that escalates and culminates in murder. We see it in the life of David, and we see it in the life of Jesus. Envy and jealousy are almost the same. Somebody once said jealousy is as cruel as the grave. I remember I had an assistant pastor one time, and every Monday I would call him, and I think I told you guys this some time ago, every Monday I would call him up and I would go, oh man, the Lord was good yesterday, oh, God did a great work, oh, it was awesome, and I was all excited and everything, you know, God, from what God did yesterday, and I'm calling to rejoice with somebody, and this guy was like Danny Downer. He was, I, you know, well, you know. Well, man, the sun was beautiful. It was a beautiful day. Yeah, well, they say it's going to rain on Tuesday. <laughs> man, God did a great work. God was all, oh, man, did you feel the presence of the Lord? Well, you know, it was kind of cold in there. <laughs> and I'm like, every, I, I would call like everyone. He's my assistant. He was my assistant. I ain't going to tell y'all who he is. Now, I've had four of them, so y'all keep on guessing. That's why I can say that. And one time I called him up and I said, hey, man, oh, God was awesome yesterday. Yeah, well, God was awesome. And he said, we don't want into his downer mode. And I said, you know what? I'm not going to call you anymore. I'm not calling you anymore. I told him. I said, I'm not calling you anymore. Why? Because every time I call you, you, you bummy, you are a bummer. Man, you are a bummer. Some folks, you just need to tell them they're a bummer. Y'all ain't hear me. You need to tell some folks they're a bummer. Just say, you know what, you're a bummer. Am I preaching? You're just a bummer. I'm not calling you no more. I said I'm not calling, and I never called him again. He, and from that point on, and, the re- and, and I, I had come to learn later on, the reason he was such a bummer is because he was envious. He was envious. Not only was he envious, but that whole progression thing I just gave you about envy to suspicion, fear to fear to anger, anger to hatred, all that escalates. He didn't murder me, but <laughs> obviously. <laughs> but it's true. He was envious. Saul is jealous and envious, and he's shooting a spear of anger toward David. Verse 9 tells us Saul's evil eye. David. He evil-eyed David from that day forward. Why? Saul has everything. David has nothing. And the reason is, listen, when you are jealous or envious or bitter and you haven't dealt with that bitterness, everything that person does, and y'all need to hear me here, all right? Everything that person does or says becomes an issue and you become suspicious just hearing that person's name. When you are jealous or when you are envious and you are bitter, 
Everything that person does or says becomes an issue and you become suspicious just even hearing that person's name, and that's what's happening here. Saul's mind is filled with suspicion. So everything that David says is heard through suspicious ears. And can I share something with you? Listen, if that's you, stop it. That is not the Lord. And I don't care how spiritual you think you are, and I don't care how early you get up to pray, and I don't care how much you read your Bible. If you hold on to bitterness and envy and suspicion towards someone in church, you are hurting yourself. Because that other, I'm, I'll wait. You're hurting yourself. And by the way, that other person ain't thinking about you. That person ain't thinking about you. Like every time you hear that person's name, or you hear that person's name and something just goes in your heart. Y'all know, okay, you don't know what I'm talking about, right? Every time you hear that person's name, you just go. Or you see that person and you're like, <laughs> Because there's, there's, a, there's a problem there. If you got a problem with somebody, Jesus said, go to them. He didn't say go to somebody else. And he didn't say go to the pastor. Go to them. And deal with that. Because that's hurting you and it's going to slowly burn. And slowly eat you up. It's insidious. Like like a metastasizing cancer. That's envy. We got to be careful of that. I've seen it too often in the church. The enemy causes us to evil eye people in church. You're thinking they're talking about you and thinking about you. And so you're envious. Now, everything David does is viewed with suspicious eyes. Everything he does is considered with the worst intention. And I don't know how people, to tell you the truth, I don't know how people live their lives with suspicion of other people. I don't do that. I don't live my life like that. I I, I don't live my life watching my back. You know, when people say to me, oh, Pastor Rodney, you don't know how they act because they act different around you. I've, heard, I've had people say that to me. Well, people act different around you. Listen, I don't care how they act around me, and I don't care how they act around you because I don't watch my back. The Holy Spirit watches my back. The Holy Spirit watches my back. And I don't need to be concerned with who's doing what and how they're doing this and how they act over here and when I'm not looking how they act over there. I don't live my life in somebody else's head. Huh? I live my life in my own head. There's a lot going on up here too, y'all, so just... <laughs> I can't do that. And you can't pastor that way. You can't love people that way. You can't do the work of the ministry like that. God has your back. Well, verse 10 tells us a distressing spirit came upon Saul, and he prophesied. I'm going to move quicker. And inside the house, and David played music, and there was a javelin in Saul's hand. And David sees Saul flipping out. So David brings in the guitar in verse 10 and 11 to play some music, and Saul throws a javelin at David. 
The same hands that killed Goliath, the same hands that carried the trophy of Goliath's head, is now sweetly playing music unto Dave, unto the Lord. Is playing music to soothe the distressed and troubled spirit of Saul. In contrast, in verse 10, David played music, Saul held a spear. Interesting. That would have been my first clue. He doesn't like me. <laughs> Amen. And the Bible tells us he did it twice. Once is enough, but twice. And David escaped. Interesting, the word twice. This means that Saul threw the spear twice. This means that Saul missed twice. This means that he had an opportunity to throw it back twice. This means that after the first miss, David could have came back and not played it, played it, and he, he came back and played again, and he had another opportunity. Saul threw the spear and didn't aim too well and missed David. Maybe God supernaturally, providentially guided the spear to miss. Maybe David saw the spear and ducked. I would have. The spear missed and laid on the floor, and note David's reaction. David could have thrown it back, but David wouldn't take the throne for himself. David trusted God to take care of Saul. He trusted God to take care of Saul. Saul was afraid in verse 12 of, what da of David because the Lord was with him but had departed from Saul. The spear of fear. Saul thinks, I've got to do something. I know. I'll expose him to danger. And he made him captain over a thousand, hoping that David would be killed in the battle. Either his death or defeat is a win-win for Saul. Saul is saying, I want this guy out of my presence. So he made David captain over a thousand so he'd be the first to be killed. Think about that. It's an old military strategy. And all, David was all too familiar with that too, by the way. As he put Uriah in the forefront of the battle to have him killed. Interesting. Look at verse 17. We've we got to come in. i got seven minutes. All right, look at verse 17. Then Saul said to David, here is my older daughter, Mirab. I will give her to you as a wife. Only be valiant for me and fight the Lord's battles. For Saul thought, let, not, let my hand not be against him, but let the hand of the Philistines be against him. So David said to Saul, who am I? And what is my life or my father's family in Israel that I should be son-in-law to the king? But it happened at the time when Mirab, Saul's daughter, should have been given to David, that she was given to Adriel, the Maholothite, as a wife. Now Michael, Saul's daughter, loved David. And they told Saul, and the thing displeased him. So Saul said, I will give her to him that she may be a snare to him. What did you think of your daughter? Oh, yeah, I know. I'll give my daughter to him, and she'll really mess him up. That's what it says. I'm not making this stuff up. And that the hand of the Philistines may be against him. Therefore, Saul said to David a second time, you shall be my son-in-law today. And Saul commanded his servants, communicate with David secretly and say, look, the king has delight in you, and all his servants love you. Now, therefore, become the king's son-in-law. So Saul's servant spoke these words in the hearing of David, and David said, Does it seem to you a light thing to be the king's son-in-law, seeing I am a poor and lightly esteemed man? And the servants of Saul said, told him, saying, In this manner David spoke. And then Saul said, Thus you shall say to David, The king does not desire any dowry, 
but 100 foreskins of the Philistines to take vengeance, vengeance on the king's enemies. But Saul thought to make David fall by the hand of the Philistines. So when his servants told David these words, it pleased David well to become the king's son-in-law. Now the days had not yet expired. Therefore David arose and he went, he and his men, and killed 200 of the Philistines. And David bought their foreskins ill. And they gave them in full count. Who counted them? I am not, this is too good to make up. I cannot make this stuff up. It's right here. Wow. That he might become the king's son-in-law. Then Saul gave him Michael, his daughter, as a wife. And then Saul saw and knew the Lord was with David and that Michael, Saul's daughter, loved him. And Saul was still more afraid of David. So Saul became David's enemy continually. And then the princes of the Philistines went out to war, and so it was whenever they went out that David behaved more wisely than all the servants of Saul, so that his name became highly esteemed. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch and Calvary Chapel Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light. Let me be a salt.